Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yep. Hello and welcome to the Long Talk here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Uh, and not I have two for the price of one today. Not just one person, but two people. I've got uh, Sam Marsh and Henry Lawton joining me. They're both from Victory Up. Yes, we're going to be talking esports um, today. So um, welcome, gentlemen. How are you doing? One of you can talk. <laughs> I was waiting for Henry to go first. I was actually looking at I was looking at Sam's video. Are you gonna say anything? Uh, uh, killed a fort that I'm um, doing very well, thank you. Yourself. So guys, um look, we've had lockdown and uh, yeah, running a sports station or um oh, um and trying to produce sports content has been kind of interesting and fun for the past um what, three months or so. But for you guys, uh I guess it's been still been go 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 with esports because you guys can do a lot of it some um, online yeah um covid's definitely um i guess pushed the envelope made it happen a lot faster than what people were expecting um it's always been in the pipeline for us uh it's just i guess covid sort of put it at the forefront when sports traditional sports started uh dying down in terms of viewership that was available yeah absolutely we've seen that um it's been sort of growing it's been interesting how to see different different types of esports around um, things like Zwift, um, which is kind of recreating uh, cycling on there. We've got the recreating things like um, uh, like like your, your racing simulation games, um, and then you've got your your things that aren't hopefully recreating, which are like your shoot 'em ups um, and your strategy games, which are kind of yeah, which are kind of much more fantasy like. But before before we get talking about all of those kind of things, um, Henry, let's. Uh, Kick off with you. What is your first ever gaming memory? Uh, Paperboy, Commodore 64. Wow. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, are you a, Com- yep. were you a Commodore guy or, you, or was that X Spectrum? Uh, yeah, I so guess it was the only thing available at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I must say that I don't think I made it past 25 meters in the game when I, when I first started playing it, nor did I understand the concept. <laughs> <laughs> you're more about throwing things and breaking them rather than actually delivering yep. the papers yes, exactly, I exactly. <laughs> I, I, well i used to i used to play that game in, a, in an arcade 
um, down by the seafront where we used to have our um, uh, computer arcades. Um, Sam, your first your first gaming memory? Ooh, uh, Age of Empires, the first one on PC. Age of wow, that's that's sophisticated. There's me thinking <laughs> of the the, the, the two screen console with Donkey Kong was how I started. And you're talking about starting with Age of Empires. Jeez, that's uh, that, that, yeah. that's sophisticated gaming. Not um, not 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 your not your ball bouncing or your um, or playing solitaire, but you go you go full strategy. Wow. Yeah, no, I was sort of raised um, around that time. Uh, so yeah, Age of Empires was quite big back in the day, oh, in my day, and uh, just sort of playing that on my my parents' computer. We were quite fortunate to have a, a computer decent enough to be able to run that at the time, which is now nothing. Um, so yeah, no, no, it was, it was quite good memories of that actually. So um, played all through your your teenage years, and 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 always kept playing and moved online and. And different things. Do you do? Have either of you ever actually competed and been a and been an esports athlete? Poor, yeah, a long time ago. Um, did Halo, uh, a little bit competitive, but apart from that, not really. I think Henry's a bit more of a pro than me. <laughs> I, I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> um, competitively, yes, but not in the pro scene. Um, so. I guess that's what led my interest into this space was so, was the the lack of opportunities available. So what kind of um, so so uh, um, uh, Sam there has mentioned um, Halo. Also, that's the first person shooting up. What kind of uh, uh, competitive did you which um, system or platforms did you uh, compete on or have or, or uh, get into? Yeah, so um, I pretty much console gaming has been my upbringing through through. Um, I guess video games, and it's always been traditional sports because that's what I was into. You know, I played rugby, so we played the rugby game. You know, greatest rugby game ever made was rugby oh eight. Um, oh, controversial! <laughs> what? <laughs> wow! Um, you know, and that, you... that stemmed on to other passions where um, no, no, gaming... no, 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 no. Sorry, we can't go past that. <laughs> We're go claiming that rugby oh eight is the greatest rugby co- game ever. Uh, yeah. Had, not, had not, the greatest not, uh, not prosper at the time too. Not Lomu's, not 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 John John Lomu's one. You know, there's uh, I guess that was the the breakout market for rugby. Yep, definitely was it. Lomu was, you know, and he still is the goat of rugby, in my opinion. Um, but rugby 08 changed the game for sure. Um, Lomu, once you knew how to play it, there was no way of beating you. You know, there were a lot of. Uh, in-game glitches that you could exploit. <laughs> wow. Because uh, I, 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 I run a rugby podcast, hence you can see the rugby is behind me, driving, driving more is my brand on there. And uh, I, I know I know a couple of guys who have rugby gaming YouTube channels, and they're like, yeah, John Lomu is the, it was, was always the one. Um, yeah. And they say, look, yeah, we've never had a game as good as that since. Um, wow. <laughs> you to, for, and, and, God, controversial yeah. opinions early I'll, doors. I will stand by that. I will stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for both of you, as you say, you, you didn't do it. You didn't do it professionally, um, and uh, the, the, the same as with you, Sam. You neither of you have actually. Uh, you, your careers haven't come up through the uh, the, the, the gaming um, space, have they? Really, um, you, neither of you actually. Have, uh, this, this is your first venture, your first time sort of earning money 
kind of as in, 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 in this space. Um, Sam, I, I see you have a, uh, a kind of you, 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 oh, well, sales background um, working in Harvey Norman so Electronics. At least, at least that's kind of near 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 esports. Got the same letter, but then. <laughs> um, so is, 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 is that how you had your home, your home set up was to get 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 things that uh, um, get company discounts? Um, I mean that was one of the benefits of working there at the time, um, but no, I mean it sort of started before that, uh, like really getting into gaming, um, but then sort of working at Harvey Norman just it sort of steered me towards that, and I ended up being quite good at sort of being a salesperson anyway um so yeah i mean it was just sort of an, an enabler if anything to be quite honest uh, it helped me buy games for cheap it helped me in my research and finding you know components for pcs and and bits and pieces for the cheapest prices so and yeah we were able to order those through work which was quite nice <laughs> you then took a massive detour let's be blunt for the next four or five years um starting off as as a um as, as a dead officer then working in the um, new zealand defense force um again roles though that involve dealing with people quite a lot as well it seems, it seems to be a common theme through there yeah yeah um i mean it's customer service is probably my main background uh, engagement and yeah, it's just been really fun sort of getting to know people, talk to people. Um, that's where I excel at. So, yeah, yeah, it's all um, all about the people, in my opinion, the customer. So um, you've, you've got the vetting and, 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 and analysis, but then this is this is a, a, the, the, the key one that, I'm, that I'm, I've got to ask you about. But um, you had, had some time overseas in, in England, or in the UK, sorry, um, for, for, for just under a year. With the royal household, you you um, working for Her Majesty the Queen? How was? Uh, did you get to meet her? Yeah, yeah. No, I met her on a couple of occasions. Uh, so, yep, that was just as their security advisor for the household. It was uh, it was an interesting time, very different to a standard business or even the government in New Zealand. Couldn't get away with much over there, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but they liked to drink, so I was not opposed to that. Going out on a Thursday night for a couple of drinks after work um, was the standard practice, and yeah, so that that was good. Met some really great people over there, um, who I'm still friends with to this day, and yeah, of course, met all the the royals. Went out and worked at most of the the royal grounds. I was mostly based at Buckingham Palace, which was interesting, but. Um, yeah, had to had to sort of come to realise what my passion was in life, which wasn't really working overseas for the royal family, unfortunately. He wasn't taking a bullet for the, uh, for, <laughs> for, the for the queen. Um, okay, as as, a, as an access control guy, you guys must have played the kind of um, okay, guys. If we were to be Ocean's Eleven, how would we break into the Buckingham Palace? Did you did you play those sort of scenarios? I... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I can't really tell you, but yes, kind of. I wasn't asking but... details as to how you'd break in. Just did you, did you, did you guys have fun? Got to go. Okay, if we were to do it, folks, we would have the busty blonde would would distract Jim over there, 
um, who would be guarding that door, and we'd all sneak in behind her and do X, Y, Z uh, to 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 this this this, this do the do the alarms. Um, but you you did all you did play all those sort of fun games. Yeah, as, we we, we in, did have those sort of scenarios running in our head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it helped pass the time. And then you you you, you came back here, and uh, but I think we're going to switch over and have a chat with Henry about his his journey because very different to mm. um, to Sam as he said, sail orientated, very uh, um, people orientated, and got involved in the, in the defence force. Um, we chatted pre-show, and uh, yours was very different. You said you um, kind of uh, rugby was all you were interested in at school. Um, re- realized that that wasn't going to ever ever become a kind of c- a career per se. So dropped out and um, became a butcher's apprentice. I mean, that's a, a very different uh, a kind of journey uh, to, for, in, in, in your career. Yeah, I guess, you know, um, rugby being the passion growing up, and don't get me wrong, there was a lot of opportunities thrown at me um, to, to perform at a higher level. Um, as a, I guess as a kid, as a teenager, my head wasn't screwed on in those areas and I didn't realise those opportunities. A lot of regret and and stuff like that, um, but wouldn't change it for the world what I've been through in life in terms of careers. Um, took me a, a, into my mid-20s to find what my niche was and, and what I wanted to, to do with my life. And, um, yeah, come a long way from the, the butcher and then the I'm railway I'm, worker. I'm in my 40s and <laughs> the road worker. Um, but some um, the yeah, but you, you, a butcher apprentice. That then, as you say, you got got some um, got involved here. Uh, sorry, um, with um, on the sort of construction um, side of things, uh, worked on roads. Uh, you mentioned about the you, 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 well, we, we talked pretty thing about you heading over to Australia and having some time over there, working in the um, on the on, on on the rails uh, and at the airports. So traffic and I mean, travel uh, or, or managing of travel. Um, and, and infra- tra- travel and infrastructure has been a big thing of yours. Um, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's um, I guess it's it's a strange. Um, it becomes a, f- a forced upon passion. Um, it's not something I, I actually like. I set out to do. It wasn't something I was going. Yeah, I'm going to go build some roads. I'm going to go look after the roads. Um, it sort of just got forced on me. And when I went, oh, I'm actually good at doing this. Um, wh- what's the next step? What else can I do to improve on this and help my career growth? Um, it's a very strange story, to be honest. <laughs> no, but so so the thing for me is so is looking at this where you've you've worked um, uh, in, in these sort of things is a lot of it comes down to uh, a lot of infrastructure things come down to basic problem solving, right? And going, okay, how do we fix this? Um, yep. And if if I look at uh, the 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 kind of the roles, as you, as you said, once you got into what your kind of your, your career, you to is everything along that line has been about solving. Here's a problem: how do we solve it, folks? Which people do we get in? Um, how do we manage that piece uh, traffic flow whilst we're digging up this, or how do we manage that while we're doing that? Um, and it's it's yeah, it, it's figuring out multiple things to make sure they all all flow and they all work from looking at it from the outside. Mm. Is that, is yeah, that def- yeah, yeah, and I guess my, my most recent role, which I've I've left, um, pretty much explains that that all. You know, we had around my my past role, a uh, thousand to twelve hundred jobs on the road at any given time, 
and it was my duty to make sure that the traffic kept flowing. <laughs> okay, so why don't you <laughs> dig up the roads to put electricity in and you don't put fibre in at the same time? Oh, you'll have to ask the utility companies that, eh? Um, <laughs> they have their own legislation that they work under, um, and they don't play in the same sandpit, so. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, you yeah. saw, you saw put bang their heads together. Um, yeah. They, so, so how long, so so how did you two guys, guys meet? We've got, we've got the, 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 the problem solver <laughs> infrastructure guy. I've got the military um, people person's guy. Um, two, yeah. So, so two very different guys, compatible skills, but or, or, or um, not compatible skills. What we're looking for here, um, fill, yeah, you can fill each other's different different um, strengths and weaknesses. Um, collaborate. Uh, so, yeah, how, how did you guys meet each other? <laughs> Do you want to take that one? <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'll take this one. Um, so, 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 so these five of us all together okay. working on this project and this business. Um, so. Four of us have been friends since high school. Mm-hmm. Um, all had a passion in gaming growing up. Um, so we started Victory Up as an idea four years ago because we weren't getting, I guess, the level of competition we wanted to see in New Zealand happening. Um, Sam came on the picture, jeez, <laughs> was it middle of last year? Yeah. And, at right. Middle of last year, and we got... Um, I actually reached out to Sam because he was doing quite a lot of community esports here in Wellington. Um, so, you know, he had his um, finger in the pie. He was working with the community. We knew that for the business to be successful, we needed to engage with the community um, and s- see what it w- their needs were. Because um, with esports, it's only isn't just one pe- like one group of people. There's multitudes of them, um, all different genres of games. Um, to say that Sam was a dickhead when I first met him, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent right. <laughs> um, well, and I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure oh, Sam yeah. can say the same thing about me. <laughs> um, so our first impressions of each other were pretty, uh, pretty low. <laughs> um, so for those of you listening to the podcast, I've got lots of nodding um, coming from Sam yeah. at this point. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that was our first before Sam came onto the scene. I mean, Again, the other side of things is you've played competitive gaming, you've, uh, you're, you're, you're playing rugby. It sounds like you're a kind of competitive kind of person who's driven by um, beating other people or being good, or being good at what you do. Um, the other three members of your team, uh, the, the, the four of you, the four of you who are mates, um, yep. were you a um, were you an esports kind of, or were you a kind of um, a gaming team, or did you compete against each other? Um, no, it was a typical weekend. Go to one of the boys' house. Put on a put on Madden, put on NBA, put on the FIFA, and have a tournament. You know, yep. And that, that was our weekend. So after rugby, after athletics, that's what we'd do every weekend. Walk okay. to each other's house, pick each other up, till we got to the final destination, and yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so very much down in the console. You're not setting up LAN parties and all that kind of stuff. It was yeah, very much one TV, one console. Okay, boys, twenty four hours of gaming. Here we come. Beers, pizza in the corner. Um, yep. yep. Yeah, beers that the parents didn't know about, of course. Um, <laughs> taken from their cabinets. Um, <laughs> yeah. Growing up, so so growing up, um, console gaming was the most achievable gaming for us in terms of price. Yeah. Um, you know, um, we all all of us didn't come from um, well-off families. 
Um, so we were sharing a lot of our equipment to, to do what we wanted to do, um, which makes you appreciate it a lot more as you're an adult. Um, so yeah, that that was our that was our week, weekly sort of activity. But it's, you say you, 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 you're reminiscing now back to your teenage years mm. when you're in your twenties, um, and I'm going to guess here late twenties. Are you thirty yet? Yep. Yep. So, so in, in, did did you, did you still keep playing through your twenties as together, and it evolved into a bit more online, or how or how did you, or, or or was it kind of you just kept in touch, um, and always yeah. whenever you got back together again, always went. If only we'd done this, we could have been that sixteen year old yep. winning um, League of Legends and being a, 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 a being a millionaire. Um, yeah. Well, I guess um, gaming was for us our first um, taste of social media. It was our, you know, it was our Facebook. That's how we kept in touch with each other. We all moved to different places around the country when we were in our 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we connected through gaming, online gaming. Um, you know, much to our partner's dismay at the time. You know, we're, <laughs> we're logging on in, in the evening, joining the party chat and laughing for the next four hours. You know, <laughs> but that's how our, I think our friendship stayed about was through gaming because um, there was no facebook that was prominent at the time i think we were still using ms messenger in my 20s um you know a whole bunch of other non-existent social media platforms like bebo myspace um yep cringe city as i can see on sam's face <laughs> <laughs> can't believe we're talking about that. yeah <laughs> You're making me pull out my age, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> been a denial of a few years now. <laughs> no, okay, look, I mean, one of the things I've read recently, I mean, social media is a big thing for me. Look, um, look, here I am trying to run a basically an online radio station via social media, uh, via podcasting. And one of the things I read relative, about a year or so ago, which I thought was really fascinating, was people were um, using Fortnite uh, as a social media platform, not as a gaming platform. And they actually log on and chat to each other as, as, as friends, and not, not even play. Um, and that there was this dark social um, is, is kind of one of the terms that it's called because it's not some... Um, uh, one of the things about things like Facebook, YouTube, uh, Facebook, yeah, YouTube, um, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, is from a social media marketing point of view, everyone's tracked, every, every, um, you know who's talking what, you, you, we know how many people log on, we know how many messages there are, we know uh, if you do an advert, how many people you reach. Um, and there's a generation that is looking to avoid all that through, be it um, and, and be it through um, private messaging services, which have now all been bought up by your Facebooks, Microsoft stuff, so that you are actually being tracked, or through games, actually using games as social media. Um, so it's interesting that you guys, before all, before that became kind of a trend with the current generation, you guys were doing the exact same thing, using games as social, as, as a uh, as as what. My generation used our phones or wrote letters. You were you were you were using um, computer games, which I think is a is something that I think a lot of yeah my generation just don't wouldn't automatically uh, kind of get that it's a way of it's not just a way of entertainment. It's a way of communicating uh, as a community um, as well. Um, yeah. So Sam, did did you did you also? A similar sort of thing, keep, use, use gaming and use online gaming as a way to keep in touch with friends? Yeah, well, I mean, it's actually where I met some of my, my best mates. Um, I 
met a couple of guys playing Halo way back in 2004. Where was I? University. So 2011, 2012. And we just sort of stayed friends since then. Um, we don't really, we don't meet each other at all. We just sort of keep up via Xbox. That, that's how we sort of do things. So it's actually really cool to be able to just jump in there and and see these guys or hear these guys that I know, I've known for so long. Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't have known them through uh, without gaming, and I wouldn't be able to keep up with them without gaming because that's our you know our common interests. So that, that's how I've always used gaming. You know, RuneScape back in the day had the in-game chat and you'd meet people there. I had some uh, friends at school that we all played that together um, and would level up and stuff like that. So it's got a, yeah, it, it's big in my life. Um, now, so what, what, one of the appeals of it is this unre- unregulated, untracked kind of side of it. One of the downsides also is the abuse that goes goes through that, especially for, for a lot of female gamers, um, get get through that. And is is that something you guys have experienced to come across? Is the the sort of the, the, the abuse side of it on, on there as well, or is that um, uh, I guess what what's the your opinion as kind of as as victory and as um, about that kind of side of, of what's going on in gaming? Yeah, I guess for um, my own personal. Um, experience in that stuff has been uh, uh, it's non-existent um, because I've never put myself in a position where I've opened myself up to that toxicity that exists in some of these communities, these gaming communities. Um, but that's just a resilience thing I've, I've you know built up myself where I'm able to ignore that stuff. Um, you know, I've got two young kids, or well, one's still a baby, but a, a girl that's 12 years old, and she through gaming. Um, she plays Fortnite. You can see how it actually impacts those that haven't really prepared themselves for this mm. sort of um, mental mental bullying, you know. Yep. Um, and when you're taking, I guess, a game that you're playing with your friends online, and the bullying starts there, yeah, then it starts working its way into the school system as well. The next day, when they're at school together, um, and and we know of some cases where um, fights have broken out in school because they lost a Fortnite game the night before, you know, which is for and, and which is quite sad for our teachers out there because they don't have the tools to, you know, cope with the sort of activity that's happening. Um, the awareness is there. The, the parents want to do something about it. The teachers want to do something about it. But the, um, I guess the tools aren't in place yet to help them work through that stuff. Um, and so it looks like you're getting involved a little bit in this side of things. You're, you're a community advisor for Internet NZ. Um, now, there, is, 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 is that the regulator, or is that the? Diff- oh, I've got the wrong. The because there's, there's 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 a government agency, isn't it, that, that monitors um, online abuse or monitors the, the internet? And one of their sections is about that side of things. I, I, they came to, to one of my girls' schools um, and explained that look, whatever um, filtering you put in place. You're never going to filter everything. Kids are going to get exposure to this thing, and it's about, uh, as you say, building their their personal resilience rather than trying to use a technical solution to, to try and block it. Um, so, is is that a uh, what, what's I guess what's your involvement in the internet NZ piece? Yeah, well, uh, so Internet NZ is there to help 
sort of guide the direction of the the internet by lobbying the government uh, essentially it's so it sort of sits alongside netsafe which is probably the organization that popped in yeah um they sort of yeah they really focus on those sort of areas especially around the teens um it's very important like you would have seen some of the the latest ads um coming out on tv i think they're absolutely brilliant ads they they speak to almost every single generation um but yeah so internet nz uh, slightly different tact we do a lot of the, the policy side of things um we do a little bit of stuff with with NetSafe, but i'm not involved in that side of things unfortunately so the the areas that we sort of look at in my team is the the grants the the funding side of things um so we help fund a, a huge amount of um uh, internet-based research uh, digital inclusion programs. Uh, we also sponsor various sort of um, programs, events, uh, content creators. There's a, there's a really great market out there that we want to bring to people uh, that also help us with, you know, our our goals and objectives. Um, it's a really great place to work, actually. I've only just started working there, and um, there's a lot of work, but it's it's a fantastic place to be. So I guess the what we have here is is, is a bit I've not actually talked about yet. Now let's actually we'll start with um, with uh, we'll start with, let's start with Sam. So Army. Yeah. Next day, you are director of or you take your, you 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 self fund yourself to become a production manage, a production guy who helps people um, produce e-game sort of content um, uh, and, and pieces. How do you jump from being a, uh, well, uh, yeah, basically being, being a guy in a uniform one day, the next day, by the looks of, the, of, of your logo, having a big blue beard with a bucket hat and, and glasses um, <laughs> and uh, getting into a, a, a scene that is very, uh, the e-gaming scene has a, has an, uh, has a, um, well, sorry, the, or the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the gaming, not e-gaming, it's gaming and e-sports, Paul, get, get it right. Uh, the gaming scene um, and, the, and the e-sports scene is very, well, it, tries, it, it has a, comes across a counterculture, anti-everything that kind of defence force suggests. You, you've, you've kind of, uh, a, a big change for you culturally and also the type of business you did. How, how, how do you make that jump? Uh, yeah, so I mean, the army stuff is just really the the reserve unit there, uh, based in Wellington. So I wanted to try something different. Uh, my granddad had been in the the military. Well, sorry, both my um, grandparents were in the military. My granddad was based. He was uh, an officer, so I kind of want to follow in his footsteps. And then, yeah, so sort of doing the the consulting and stuff like that that's more really what i do as opposed to that my stuff with victory up um you know that ranger guy productions was born out of when i used to stream games back in oh, 2017 ish um and that's kind of what sat under that that side of things um it also sort of helps cover off my my podcast that I that I do at the moment with a couple of other guys which is just you know called uh, Gamers Uncensored and we just talk about games and stuff so that sits under Ring of Guy Productions as well 
it's um, just a big umbrella thing really for all of my little projects on the side that I, I try and do when I'm not um, engaging with the Victory Up stakeholders. So, okay, then that's the, so, so then, so how do you get from being, so you say, um, Emery, you, there's you and you and three mates from school, how did, how did the four of you decide something, you know what guys, we're not, oh, I don't mind, I don't know what jobs they have, but I'm not going to be in um, logistics anymore, I'm going to jump over and set up a, an esports company, um, <laughs> which again, it's a, it's, a, it's a massive jump from being... All, all, all the jobs you've done up until that point, from what I can tell, are all you're working for somebody. And suddenly yep. you're becoming an entrepreneur. You're working for yourself um, or, or you're working for your, you. Yeah, there's, there's a group you're working for yourselves. Um, you've gone from things that are physical and hard to things that are virtual and um, and, and fun. Um, again, how did you make that jump? What, who, what, what was the catalyst for that? Um, geez. What was the chemist for that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good question. No, um, losing at Madden and having to having a, yeah. and someone someone say my forfeit is. Um. Yeah, I, I guess for for myself personally, and I, I can't speak for the other team members, but for me it was, I guess like like you identified before, I like finding solutions, and, and there was a need for a solution in the esports area, um, and it started as an idea. And it was an idea over while we were playing the game. Um, a competitor, or I guess uh, an organization at the time, came out with the idea. And we thought, okay, sweet, someone's here to do it. And the execution, in our opinion, was poor. So we said, okay, let's just reboot this. Let's, let's see what we can do with it. Let's do some investigation. Give us a good excuse to get together during the week without our partners. Have some have some beers, um, and, and talk about games, um, you know, and a whole lot of other stuff. Um, and, and that's where it really started was just seeing a need in the market, um, seeing a need for growth. And I, I guess the main thing for us was seeing there was a huge gap in acceptance, and something that's happening every day, day to day lives of our of our kids and our adults. Um, but still not widely accepted. You know, if, if you look at my childhood, sports was it, and gaming was our hobby. Um, you're starting to see the trend now where gaming is their main concentration in their life, and sports is becoming the hobby, if sports even exist. Um, and we don't want to see sports die, because that was our generation. We were brought up with that. Um so if, if we can put a hand in there to say, actually, we can create the well-needed balance between this physical and digital world, then let, let's do something about it. Um, okay, so, what, so, what, so, as, as an, so you, it's, not a, it's not the four of you trying to put together a sports team, an esports team. Um, mm -hmm. It's something else. What, what is, uh, what's the elevator pitch? What, what is Victory Up? Victory Up's an esports infrastructure company. We're here to build that infrastructure, build that foundation on, on, on the direction of where esports should be going in New Zealand. And, and that's what we're about. So, so, so what infrastructure, so uh, as, as, as one of the things we've, that's, that I've kind of mentioned is, look, and we've said is that people can do it from their bedrooms. Um, mm -hmm. So what infrastructure is needed for esports in this country? 
Um, I think f- to start with, it's it's awareness and in, in our schooling. Um, we have a lot of kids that play it for many hours a night when they get home. Um, as a parent myself, I, I was guilty of this. It was easy to distract the kids with while you were doing something else. Here's the iPad. Here's the PlayStation. I'm going to go cook tea. No, um, it's led into something very unhealthy in some households where that just becomes the norm. Get home after school. Instead of doing your homework, you're straight on the game. And you're on that game in your room behind a closed door when my parents can't see me for five, six hours. Then you're going to school the next day and you're tired. You're not concentrating. You go home and you do the same routine. Close the door, turn the game on. We're back into it. Um, And I guess when we were kids growing up with sports, you got that break from technology. You, know, you got home, oh yeah, you might might switch on tally and Pokemon's on or gargoyles. But then, you know, half an hour later, I've got to shoot down the road because I've got rugby training. And yeah, I, I guess it's that awareness that we have, we have no tools in place right now to, to, to create, a, I guess, a balance between this physical and digital world. Um, and a lot of companies out there now are pushing the digital. Digital's the future. You can't have digital without the physical. There needs to be a balance, and that's what we want to do. Okay, so you're talking about build, out, building out the infrastructure for esports, <laughs> being what you what you are. And then the first thing you tell me is um, we want to get people doing physical things. Um, yep. It's interesting there that that's um, that's uh, so 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 what kind of um, so are you putting together sort of um, uh, training for teachers, training for for, for parents? How, what's um, what are you doing in that in that kind of balancing space then? Yeah, so for us, um, I guess our first break into the schools was um, through the sport governing body here in Wellington, College Sport Wellington, mm-hmm. that look after secondary school sports. Um, so we approached them around holding a an esports competition within the schools and offering it to them down here. Yep. Um, from that, we got the sort of yep, we're interested. Um, so we did our work and okay, what's going to be the best fit for a game to launch into this? And funny enough, it was League of Legends. Um, you know, most people don't agree that because it's a MOBA and a, a, you, know, you kill the opposition, um, you destroy their base. Don't feel that sometimes it fits within that school system, but um, the sportsmanship the teamwork that comes with a game of, of that type is it's sports in itself um, the strategizing that these people have to do so Riot Games Oceania have developed um, a program called Learn With Leagues and they've taken aspects of sports and turned them into um, I guess um, teacher resources so you can teach sportsmanship, you can teach teamwork you can teach balance in, um, between uh, screen time and non-screen time. Um, so we work with with Riot Games to um, utilize the already existing resources they've created. And then we went away and said, everyone calls it a sport. Let's treat it like a sport. And how do we treat it like a sport? We implement some physical side to it, some health and well-being. Um, so we went away and developed some health and well-being resources, um, nutrition, um, you know, sleep, physical activity, which 
you know, um, Sports New Zealand push active recreation. It's no longer physical activity. It's as long as I'm moving, as long as I'm doing something. And so that's what we concentrated on, was how do we integrate these health aspects into a sport that's digital? And it can be done in many ways. And so what we push is that instead of just, you know, if we're going to treat it like a sport, the expectation is you're going to do two days of training a week, you know, an hour minimum. But one of those days shouldn't be just on-screen training. It should be some off-screen training where we talk about nutrition. What am I eating? How is this going to help me perform better as an eSport athlete? And um, that's that's the type of infrastructure we're trying to build. Is You know, there is um, this good balance around the physical and digital, which I keep referring back to. Yeah. But that it doesn't exist currently. No one's doing it. It's the digital side. How do we make money? The, and, yeah, yeah, you say yeah. The, the digital side now. now um, right against from um, I believe are now recognised as a sports body by um, New Zealand Sports and Ents. That's why we can now gamble on um, on esports. Uh, um, so yeah, no? so New Zealand, um, so the New Zealand Esports Federation has been given the NSO under Sports New Zealand. So they're now the official governing body. Um, so, so by them sitting with under um, Sport New Zealand, made esports an official sport here in New Zealand. Uh, we know most other countries, esports is still considered a game. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, so. That's interesting. So, uh, some of the things you're you're doing there, or um, sound similar to what a guy called um, uh, Jamie Tout is doing, and they're setting up a um, a, a sports hub. Uh, oh, okay, you guys, you guys know more already. Yeah, you could tell the story, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we reached out to Jamie um, a couple of months ago now, and he was really keen on sort of. I mean, we, after we connected and chatted, we we talked a little bit more about it, a couple of different areas, um, and uh, that would sort of help in Wellington uh, around esports. And he's very open to it, so it was quite an easy conversation with him he's yeah well his stakeholders are very interested in what we're doing around esports um around events around high performance it's going to be uh, a very interesting relationship what we have with him he's a great guy um i'm really looking forward to working with him and seeing what we can do for esports in new zealand essentially it's, it's just going to be it's going to be huge we're going to be a big player on the world stage in producing uh some of the the best athletes um in the world and so folks uh, if you haven't listened to it already I, I had an interview with jamie um about so a week or two weeks ago now um and he is the sports performance director for uh, the new zealand campus of innovation sport um and what they're doing there is looking at using sports and then saying, okay, how do we teach, how do we put the educational pieces around that? So how do kids learn about maths by how you score in sport? How do kids learn about nutrition or, or, or biology through the nutrition and the impacts of sport? Uh, and how, how do we use sport uh, to, to, to include mm-hmm. within the curriculum? And it's, which sounds very similar to what you're trying to do in, on a similar sort of line, except using esports again. It's, it's, it's obvious how it fits in with things like maths. Um, okay, boys, we've got a oh, 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 okay team. Sorry, we've got to score a hundred points. 
getting the bases 60, killing each character's 20, what's the best combination we need to get there? Those sort of things. Uh, my health is this. Um, I know that they damage X, Y, Z, per, therefore I'm better off approaching this uh, this way against this opponent than that opponent. And I use maths to decide which way to go because at the, at the end of the day, it's all algorithms. Um, the um, So yeah, so it does sound, I say, I'm, I'm glad you guys are talking to each other because it does sound you're, you're doing similar things from a slightly different um, direction, but with a lot of uh, overlap there. Um, the, um, so the... So it sounds like some ways you actually you guys are a, a, a kind of a tournament organizer um, as well as the sort of teaching um, uh, a, a piece. So, and you're talking about, and one of the things we mentioned before was about pathways. So how do you see your tournament uh, or, or your or what you're doing with the schools as that pathway to, say, a professional team um, within Riot Games? Or, or another answer this um, yeah, so I mean, in terms of pathways, the how we sort of start things out with with any sport is with the schools. Um, so I mean, we talked a bit about that already, but starting out with the the secondary schools where it's age appropriate for these games. So you've got League of Legends, um, you've also got kind of FIFA, NBA. Um, Rocket League, couple of games there that are really appropriate and good for, for teaching kids teamwork, stuff like that. Then moving up to the next stage of the path is university. So it's not quite professional here. It's um, still that grassroots area where the tournament, I mean, the players aren't, they're not getting paid. They might be starting to realize that they're actually quite good at the game and that they can go professional sort of after university or maybe they can do it during university, but they've still got the university competitions there. Um, so, and that's where you can start including some slightly different games. So you've also got Counter-Strike uh, Global Offensive or uh, Valorant which are some of the, the, the big games out there, but they're not quite in that school area because they are shooters. Um, you're still also going with League of Legends and uh, Rocket League, the, the, the traditional ones still. So we're not discarding those at any stage of this. Um, and then finally, after university, you've got you know semi-pro, pro, uh, casual tournaments. Um, th there's a whole area. It's, it just sort of... It opens up after university. Um, so with casual tournaments, yep, that, that's the sort of thing that we host on our platform. Um, One-offs, maybe, you know, uh, a casual league and rocket league, something like that. Um, in terms of more competitive side of things, you've got leagues that we can hold. So, you know, working with different stakeholders, um, maybe Football New Zealand to hold a, a FIFA league for over... 20s to find the best FIFA sort of player um, you know that, that's getting into the region of competitive but not quite semi-pro or pro uh, but I mean after during uh, semi-pro and pro you've got a whole bunch of different leagues which are happening so uh, Riot Games host uh, the OPL which is considered a professional league in Australia and New Zealand and that's the kind of thing that we need to aim for in New Zealand, not just across Australia and New Zealand. So I had a chat with the owner of Gravitas, um, who oh, are yeah. a team uh, in 
in in the OPL. So yes, I'm, so so folks again, uh, if you want to know more about that, go back and have, and, and um, um, watch my, and, and listen to the interview with um, I've got his first name. Callahan is his Callahan is his second name. Oh, I've gone blank. Um, but um, yeah, so there's so yeah, so so so, so are, you, are you talking with are you or you have you made awareness amongst the are those professional teams that they know who you are um, and that you kind of say, hey, folks, here are some university leagues we run where you might discover um, athletes or, or how, how does uh, or I mean, are, are you running university leagues at the moment? Is that what you um, say? You're saying you need them, but. Um, so we do have uh, something that we've just sort of put out recently, which is working with University and Tertiary Sport New Zealand, and that is around a FIFA league and also a League of Legends league. So that's going to include all higher education sort of facilities, providers in New Zealand, and that's going to be working towards that university stage. So we've got the, the school stage um, moving forward really nicely. What we're going to do with UTSNZ is start working on that side of things with them and also start providing the educational benefits as well. So we will uh, be looking into the, the educational pieces, what we can do at university because, you know, this, this sort of stuff is actually already happening over in places like the US and the UK. So I don't see why not. You know, why can't this be happening in New Zealand? Um, and that's that starting stage. So right now, um, yeah, we've, we've got that sort of relationship building with them now. And we're looking forward to seeing where the university stuff kind of goes. Um, it's going to be pretty exciting, especially if we can get all of the universities and uh, universities and tertiary providers sort of entering teams into this. Because there's no barriers to entry, right? Um, I mean, the game's free. You need a decent computer, but I mean, uh, from the from our school league, we know that someone runs it on an iPad, uh, strangely enough. But yeah, so it's got a massively low barrier to entry. I don't see why we can't get a huge number of people in universities and tertiary providers entered into these competitions, and then help them uh, sort of with their traditional well what some people see as a, as a hobby and actually show them that there is more to it than what they think um so that name i missed i couldn't get it. sean callan um is the first yes. so folks if you want to see that interview search for that um the okay so so we're, we're starting to get the pieces there because initially when i was talking to saw, saw you guys it, it, your 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 profiles all say it's all wellington based but it sounds now like that your uh that the university piece is national um, is the school piece national, or is that um, or is that still uh, still just Wellington? Um, at the moment, it's still just Wellington. Mm -hmm. um, there are plans to to take that national. Um, we're in the process of uh, discussing this now with with the stakeholders. Um, so we'll have an update in, in a few months, hopefully, on what that's going to look like in twenty twenty one. So, folks, um, uh, look out for the um, secondary schools. Um, official tournament um, alongside volleyball and uh, and, um, and netball and bowls and all of those um, all of those sort of sports. Um, so uh, so look, it looks like it's it's heading in uh, the um, the right direction there. Now, one of the things I'm aware of is that um, talking to some people, they're like, look, you can't play certain games from home because of the lag uh, and in real time. You do actually need venues. 
um, for some of these tournaments, which is why um, in the was it OCS, sorry, I've gone back again now, um, the, that, um, that Gravitas take part in, they all go to Sydney uh, and compete in the actual get for, for, for the actual games and they travel home to wherever they uh, wherever their base is to, 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 to train. I know that um, here in Waikato, there is a, a the university has got a, a gaming, uh, what do you call it? I don't know, actually, no, venue. Um, what's what, what's what's the right what right word for a? For, for oh, is it that is it the Omen Arena? Uh, it could be. I don't know what it's called to be honest, but okay. So, okay, so, yeah. so you, you call them arenas, do you? Where where? Or what? What? what, what, uh, what I, I know. I call. It, I, I wait. If you want to go watch a rugby game, I go watch it in a stadium. Um, yeah. On a pitch. Where do you host a an esports game? Anywhere. Competition. This this is that sort of low barrier again. Um, so, I mean, the, the guys at Waikato call it an arena. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it, it depends on your interpretation of it. So, I mean, arena kind of I, – when I think of an arena, I think of the, in Wellington, the TSP arena, TSB arena um, on the waterfront, which is sort of a couple of thousand people, um, that sort of thing. I mean, they're one slightly smaller. Um, you know, it only houses a certain amount of computers and stuff like that. But I think that's still, you know – that's a place where people gather and it is an arena, you know, Uh, that's where they hold tournaments and uh, they cast some of their games, which is great to see. And um, yeah, so we can call it whatever we want. It can be an arena. It can be a stadium. It can be an MMA fighting arena. Um, Yeah. It's super open at the moment. Um, There's just no limits. So how, how many arenas do we have in New Zealand like that that are, that are dedicated venues where you, that, that, that can host mm. these sorts of tour, tournaments? Um, well, I mean, a, a lot of facilities are multi-purpose. Right. So TSB Arena would be able to be fitted out. Um, it's not dedicated. The only dedicated one I know of is up in Auckland, which actually has seating for an audience, and that is out of Sky City. Is that right, Henry? Yeah, yeah. Let's play live yeah. venue. Yeah, yeah but, that's but, the one. But the one in Hamilton, I think, is is it, 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 those computers are permanently set up, aren't they? It's not like it gets ripped down and rebuilt all the time. So there's there are uh, there are ones that maybe that might not have seating, but they have got uh, they 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 they're, they're permanently there to host. Is that right? Yeah, wrong. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, not definitely. So Sky City, we definitely know that would would call that a permanent venue. Um, for Let's Play Live. Um, you definitely say that Waikato University's um, gaming arena is a permanent venue yep. um, because that's what it's dedicated for. Um, we, in terms of other dedicated venues, I guess you could say any internet cafe in New Zealand is a yeah. dedicated venue, um, no matter where they are, you know, um, because that's what they're designed to be there for, gaming. You know, okay, so, you, so when they, you host your, one in, uh, your, your, your school one down in Wellington, you... It's a it's a bespoke fit out that gets fitted out and then teared down afterwards. Yep, yep. So um, we we bring the equipment, we, we set up in a location, um, and we take it away. The hope is in the in the coming term is that we have a not the same location every week, but we have a, a land location that um, I guess parents and supporters can come and support the teams. Mm. Yeah. So you're looking at projectors or big screens to be, so they can actually watch what's happening. Um, uh, and I mean, so I've, I've uh, the, the ones I've seen are well, you, you have a bank. It's a bit like a um, 
a lecture theatre in some ways, uh, or or, yep. or or a, um, and then you have the two teams down down the front with a big screen behind them that everyone can watch um, and yep. see what's um, what's uh, happening. See, see what's happening. Um, now that obviously works <clears throat> if you've got a tournament where you have two teams that people look at, but if you've got a a weekend tournament where you've got fifty games happening at once and you, you knock it down because you can't um, rather than sort of doing a league over several months then I guess it's a bit different there that you don't have all the big screens for all the games on on show but um, so do you, do you do the weekend tournaments or do you or, you, or do you, are you trying to do long term ones uh, I guess we're pretty much trying to trying to put our finger in everything mm-hmm. um, mm. if, you, if you talk about a weekend tournament it automatically reminds me of um, NFL Red Zone how many games do we have playing at the same time? You know, when when they're playing NFL, and and you got to select which game you're going to watch. Otherwise, you have got a screen there that's got five different games, and you're you're looking in this small little screen game. Right? There's the Kansas City Chiefs, like, you know, um, it's weekend tournaments. Um, when you talk about, I guess, broadcasting, and, and this is the beauty of esports is that it gives everyone an opportunity to put them, them their own brand out there. Um, we we would definitely highlight certain games in a weekend tournament and say you know these are the ones to watch for, but um, there's nothing stopping the participants from going to do their own broadcasting and saying come watch me I'm playing in this, um, and why would we stifle that because that's just growth for the industry. Um, so a couple of things obviously when you're uh, talking about the real life sports you have umpires and referees, uh, do you need that as part of? Or, or, or does the game do the games sort of enforce all the kind of rules for you, or, or do you have people walking around in striped black and white jerseys, uh, <laughs> looking over people's shoulders? Well, that's the dream, eh? But on the black and white, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's um, well, it's quite lucky actually. Like, you definitely do need officials, mm-hmm. um, just like any other sport. Um, the beauty with games is there's a lot of built-in mechanics that, I guess, stop the cheating from happening. And the cheats that can be exploited is what you need your officials there for. Um, so every game needs to be monitored. Um, every game needs to be accessed by an official. So it, that's, you know, and, and it's a whole other career pathway that's available is, is officiating. Um and it's something we still don't have here. You know, we have to go from an international standard at the moment. So if we want officials in New Zealand to say um, host a, an OPL, if we were to do League of Legends in New Zealand, it would need an international referee to come in and, and do that. Okay, so that's another, another area that, that that needs to be that needs to be built out. Um, and I guess the the other thing that we we have come across. Um, in uh, in Rocket League, so Rocket League, for, for those who don't know, is the is basically car football. Um, I think it's the basic way of, of describing it. Um, but uh, a couple of months ago, I think it was now, uh, one uh, some somebody got banned for I think it was a year, wasn't it, for um, uh, for, for basically uh, deciding to give up drawing a game, um, or fix a game, or throw a game. Um, uh, have you uh, is, is as, as it becomes more professional, um, having uh, sort of, uh, I guess, yeah, as, as, as we were talking about at the time, what can go wrong? You've got a whole bunch of hormonal teenagers getting paid thousands of dollars 
um, to, uh, <laughs> to play to, 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 to play sports. I can't imagine anything would, anyone would ever throw their toys out of the pram. Um, so uh, have you, is, is, is that an area that also you need to educate the, the athletes in? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, esports in New Zealand's in its infancy. Um, it's something that will continue to grow for the next five, ten years, and there, there'll be a lot of changes within this industry. Um, that example of the Rocket League um, just showed the, I guess it was the, the lack of awareness around how, you know, the, the esports federation had only just been been given that title mm. officially. Um, and so who knows, this stuff might have been happening well before they, they got put in place. And, and because there was now a governing body that it got highlighted. Um, you know, and, and, and these, yeah, these are still some teenagers, like you say. Um, if you're treating it like a, a pro sport and you're paying them to be a part of something, but the repercussions of doing something wrong are non-existent, then there's nothing for me to worry about, you know. Why wouldn't I go and throw a game if I'm going to make some extra money on the side? Um, with the esports federation being there, sort of everyone sort of went, "Holy moly, it's it's for real! I can be held responsible." Um. <laughs> and just just so the the example that we're talking about, um, match fixing wasn't, or as far as I'm aware, match fixing wasn't um, a money involved, wasn't actually uh, alleged in that situation. There has been another situation in. Australia, where there was match fixing um, uh, in, involved, and again, those those people also um, got banned as well. So, yeah, it's as you say, it, it is a it's a maturing um, thing. Things will will um, will go wrong. And the, the other thing that's um, quite a lot of uh, that, that, that apparently goes on is that teams will earn, or a lot of players or athletes, sorry, will earn more streaming than they will um, if they finish third or fourth. And so. They will actually just forfeit the third, fourth player to go home because they can earn more money streaming um, than they can sticking around for that last game. Um, so again, that's another area where it needs to mature. If you're going yeah, to have a final, sorry. Yeah. And I guess um, with it being a sport in New Zealand, it, it kind of changes the whole face of that. Um, you know, you have your. We take All Blacks for instance, and. An All Black can be promoted as an All Black, but when it's a South brand, they're no longer an All Black. They're that player. Um, and I think we'll start seeing that in esports as well in the coming years, is that they have their own independent brand, and then they have the brand that they're representing full-time. And that's where we'll start seeing the growth around these sort of, I guess, minor issues that are, that are appearing now. Because they are minor because they're not, they're not happening often enough. We don't have the pro stage like we think, like we should do. You know, we don't have the Super Rugby competition level of esports currently in New Zealand. And I think once we get to that stage, the industry would have grown enough. Um, there'd be enough organisations around to actually protect those players in those positions. I agree with you on most of the points. I think I guess the the one area I would suggest that that does need to be. Um, looked at and monitored very closely is around the match fixing side. Um, mm. There are people gambling on these games now. Um, yep. And that's, um, so hence there is, um, we've seen the, the issues that that's caused in cricket um, where match fixing goes back to, well, WG Grace, we're talking hundreds of years ago. So I mean, that's, um, it's, it's, it's always been involved. Um, but yeah, you've got to be careful that, yeah, that you don't, I mean, that to me is one area. The other areas are people 
throwing their toys out the pram and saying, I've had enough and walking out and, and not completing a game. Yeah, that can be, uh, as long as it's not match fixing and people um, say uh, the gambling inside, yeah, that, that, that's a minor thing that, can, that, that, will, have, that, that will get sorted out yeah. through maturity. But the, the gambling one, I think, needs to be. Um, yeah, especially now that um, the TAB is doing esports, you know, it changes the whole ball game. It doesn't, but it also means that there is now a viable income to fund esports because the TAB uh, gives money back to the sports that are that have been bet on. Um, yeah. and we've seen that's been a, a problem for tennis, for example, where half their funding has disappeared overnight because Grand Slams aren't happening. Um, but it does also mean. But yeah, that now there is a viable in, a viable income stream to help build out the industry as well. Yeah. Um, so guys, start applying for that, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, any bits I haven't covered on uh, that Victory Up are getting up to? Um, that they're involved in, or, by, or have we covered most of the bases. Four. Trying to think now, everything that we're doing. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, to be honest, everything that we're doing, we're just trying to work within the system at the moment to be able to create the uh, the infrastructure, like Henry was saying, for the future. So it's working from the ground up with the people that are already here, uh, especially at the top. So the Esports Federation, LPL, um, the UTSNZ, um, college sport facilities and organizers just to be able to build this up into something that is meaningful and uh, productive in New Zealand. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time, boys. Um, and uh, just remind us what that um, podcast was if you want to uh, listen to more about um, uh, esports and keep up to date on it, to keep up to date with it that you do. Oh, my one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, uh, it's called Gamers Uncensored, uh, and it's so it's pretty much everything gaming related. Uh, we're on all available platforms, aka just Spotify at the moment, but I'm sure we can do something else in the future. Um, cool. Thank you very much, um, Sam and Henry. Uh, don't forget, folks, um, to like our Facebook page, also that you can listen to New Zealand Sports Radio on the go. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio on your favourite podcatchers, be that Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, um, Acast, uh, or, or etc. We're in all of those wonderful places. Um, thank you very much, boys, and uh, good luck with the future. Thank you, Paul. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 